welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. The last couple of weeks, we've looked at the vision of the church. We've been talking about vision. We've been talking about purpose. We've been talking about our, our values or our culture. And we're talking about growing people uh, to, 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 to bring in Christ-centered communities. And that's what we're about as a church. And this morning, we, we, we've been preaching recently on a culture of a culture of, a culture of, and we've covered quite a number of topics here this, the, 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 the last month or so. But this morning, I want to preach on a culture of community, a culture of community. Now, I know that you all love living in community. I know that you all love one another in the body of Christ. And I know that there's no problems here this morning in anybody's relationships, either family, church, work, or anything. I know that I'm, I'm preaching to perfection this morning. So because, because you're almost at perfection, I'm just going to preach to that lit, last little bit of your life that needs sanctified here this morning. So by God's grace, that little bit that needs a, a wee bit of work in your life, by the Holy Spirit and by God's Word and by His grace, something will click inside of you and you'll say, I'm, I'm going to change that by His grace. So here's a little poem from a number of years ago. To dwell above with saints we love, that will, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints we know, now that's another story. That's rough, isn't it? Absolutely rough. But sometimes it's difficult to, to live with the saints of God, but we've got to learn to love and be in community in Jesus' name. And one of the things, my first point this morning, is that community and unity is already ours. It's already ours. It's already been given to us. Sometimes we think we've got to fight and pray for church unity in the city, but it's already ours. We just need to walk in it. Let's read from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. This is from the Apostle Paul. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, the unity is already there. It's already ours. What we need to fight for is not to gain unity, but to keep that which has already been given to us. It's already been given to us. So it's, it's the mindset of the believer. Sometimes we've, I've been in prayer times where, where I've heard people pray historically with, oh Lord, I pray for unity in the churches in Dundee. Do you know what? That's a good prayer, but it's not quite aligned with the Word of God. The Word of God says, keep, keep that which has already been given to you. In other words, Lord, this is how we should pray. Dear God, help me to walk in that which you've already given us as churches in this city. And, and, and that means if, 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 we, if we're asking God for unity, we're waiting on God to do something and, and, and make something happen. But if we pray according to the Word of God, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the, through the bond of peace, it means we, we walk in that which has already been given. So, if, if there's a spirit of unity, we already walk in it. So, as we meet people from other churches, we can give them a hug and a kiss, or if they're not huggers and kisses, a wee handshake, but we can, we can keep it. And I think it's a mindset. I think something needs to shift within some believers in the body of Christ. Jesus has already given us unity, and it's up to us to exercise that unity and walk in it. In Jesus' name. Am I preaching to myself here this morning? No, okay, that's good. At least in our seven of you are interested in this sermon. So, point number one is community and unity is already ours. We need to just work hard to keep it. 
Work hard at being in unity. Work hard at being in community. The next point is community causes us to grow. When we're in community, it causes us to, to grow. Uh, it talks about us bearing one another's burdens in, in Galatians 6.2. So as we've got to bear with one another and bear one another's burdens, it causes a growth within us and with every, within everyone around us. So the whole with it, thing with community, it, it causes us to grow. It causes us as a community, as a church to grow, but also causes us as individuals to grow as, as well. We're going to now look at a thing that I call the trinity of growth. This is where you can take responsibility for your growth as a person and, and be part of growth culture in this church and be part of community. And, and, and this, is, this is ace. I love this. And I think you can download, if there's anything you can download from the sermon this morning, download this, the trinity of growth. Download it in Jesus' name because this can change your mind, it can change your heart, and it can change your life. And, it, and it, can, it can take you from someone who's just praying that God will do something and God that will make something happen to someone that says, God, I am your vessel. I am going to make something happen in Jesus' name. So the trinity of growth is, is to be a Barnabas. Number one is to be a Barnabas. It's like a friend. And Barnabas's name means son of encouragement. So we need to be someone that is able to encourage others and be someone who's useful for encouragement. Be a Barnabas. Get on the bus, the Barnabas. Come on, let's be friendly, let's be encouraging, let's lift others up, and let's bless them in Jesus' name. So learn to be a Barnabas. Don't complain about the burst pipes. Okay, now what does that mean? In 1830, there's a church in New England that had a division and almost a split within it. And the division was over whether they should be putting a stove in the church. And some people thought it was demonic, and some people thought it was of the Lord. This is a true story. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is the truth. Some people thought that putting it in was demonic because God wanted hardship in people's lives. He wanted people to suffer, and they wanted to sit there in the pew when the sermon was going on, shivering, but through hardship, they learned and they listened to the Word. They must have been from Scotland originally, these people. So it was in New England, but some of them must have been from Scotland. But the winters were freezing, and they thought that was part of the hardship of service to the Lord. Eventually, they brought it to a ballot, and it was carried through by one vote. They would get they'd get a heater, they'd get an oven in the church, and it would heat the church. Hallelujah! Some people were delighted, some people were offended, but it got through by one vote. The first Sunday after it was installed into the church, two ladies fainted on account of the dry atmosphere that the stove had created, and they were carried outside for air and subsequently recovered. They were then informed that on account of a shortage of piping, the stove wasn't actually installed and working that day. You see, they complained about something that wasn't actually happening. They thought the stove was on. They thought the oven was on. But guess what? Guess what? The oven wasn't on. I want to tell you, these two old ladies were not Barnabuses. They were Barnamoners. They were like, come on, they were like complainers. 
They were just wanting to complain about everything. Whatever happened, they just complained and moaned. And I want us to be a culture and a church of Barnabases, you know? Just be someone that encourages someone. If you've got nothing to, if you're going to be negative, just zip, then, and think, then, then think, Lord, how can, I, how, can, how can I encourage this person? How can I bless them without being a neggy-noggy and complain about the pipes being missing? Help me, God. And come out with the word of Barnabas. So number one is to be a Barnabas or a friend or an encourager. And that's the trinity of growth. That's point number one. Point number two in building community and, and being a person of growth is number one is be a Barnabas. Number two is pursue a Paul. What does that mean? Learn to find a teacher. Learn to find someone or some teaching that you could say, I can learn from this. I can be taught. It might be one-on-one. I know there's some people here who get taught one-on-one. There's others in groups. But there's the whole thing of finding a Paul or pursue a Paul. Find someone that's going to bring some input into your life. It might be an apostolic input, someone who's got the authority um, to, to, to bring something into your life and release you into being a, a preacher or a teacher or a church planter or something where you want to be useful for the kingdom of God. There's some people here this morning, the Spirit of God is speaking to you that you need to pursue a Paul. You need to be mentored in the things of God. And as you learn and as you grow and as you, as you expand on the inside, something will take place, you see, because God sees the potential on you. You know, God sees the potential in you. God sees what what He's called on the inside of you, and He sees it. But sometimes we've got to pursue that calling and knock on some doors. Sometimes the spirit of boldness means that we've got to humble ourselves and, and go and speak to someone and say, can you help me grow? I want to grow as a believer. You know, I believe that God has called me to do something, and I need to grow in that so I can become a good preacher or a good business leader or a good teacher, or, or, or you might be into puppets or whatever you're into. God, God has called you to do something, but, but find a teacher. Find someone that can help you grow in your ministry. One of the best ways in this church is getting a small group and learn the Bible, learn the things of the Scripture. One of the best ways to learn, you see, I don't know, you might not know this, I'm going to share a revelation with you this morning, but I'm personally mentored by the Apostle Paul, you know, and he's not come back as a ghost, he's not come back as somebody. Do you know why I'm mentored by him? Because I read his writings. Come on, somebody help me here this morning. But I'm personally mentored by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Peter, who was an eyewitness of Jesus' death and resurrection, I get mentored by Peter because I read his writings. Okay, I'm not mentored in person, but I'm mentored through his writings. You know, and, and, and it's having that mindset, recognizing what we read, you know, can change us. And people that wrote things thousands of years ago can have a tremendous influence on our lives by the Holy Spirit. So, so pursue a Paul, pursue a leader, pursue a teacher, find someone or download some podcasts or get something that can help you grow and find your ministry. Hunger creates movement. You see, the woman who had the, the, the issue of blood, what did she do? Did she, did, she, did she get on her knees? Did she pray about it? Some of you know your Bible here this morning. The woman with the issue of blood, did she pray about it or did she just reach out and grab Jesus' gar- hem of his garment? She reached out and grabbed. 
And, and, and this morning, to pursue a Paul, to be a Barnabas means being an encourager. To pursue a Paul means knocking on doors, or downloading some podcasts, or listening to some people, or asking someone, can you help me understand the Scripture? Can you help me understand the Word of God? Because I don't get this thing. I don't fully understand it. To, 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 to pursue Paul, to pursue the, the gift of, of teaching as well, is to pursue the Bible on a daily basis, to pursue God on a daily basis. It means sitting quietly in His presence. It may be with a group of people, but usually it's on our own first. We pursue Him, and we open our Word, and we, and we allow the Bible to speak to us. And, and the Spirit of God you, speaks through the Scriptures, and it ministers to us. And it's very powerful. But that's, that's part of pursuing Paul. But pursuing a Paul means finding someone that you can say, can, can you help me get to where I want to go? for the glory of God. Can, can you help me get there? I need help to get there to grow. And it might be that you go to a grow class, or it might be that you find someone. But for goodness sake, be a Barnabas, be an encourager. And number two is pursue a Paul. The third thing of the trinity of growth, and this is really powerful, is to train a Timothy. Paul had many Timothys. He had Barnabases. He had Timothys. He had people that traveled with him. And he helped raise up other people, other preachers that would take on churches and, 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 and do things. And, and it's important because, because of, you know, we come from Scotland, don't we? Some of you are from other nations, I know, I know that. But I can only speak as a Scotsman, all right? So as a, as a Scotsman, it, it's sometimes hard to believe that, you know, you know it's, it's easier to believe that you can be a Barnabas, and, and it's easier to believe that you could sit under a pole you know, you got hunger, you thirst for righteousness. So you, you pursue a Paul, you find a teacher, you find someone who can download an input into your life. But the hardest bit of a trinity of growth is where we believe that God can use us to influence a Timothy. In other words, we can be an influencer on someone else, that we can grow someone else for God, that God can use us to bring the Word into somebody else's life. I want to tell you here this morning, God can use you to be a Barnabas. God can help you to pursue a Paul, but God can also help you to train a Timothy as well. You might be a new believer. You might not be a believer here today, and you're thinking, what the heck is this guy talking about? But I want to tell you, God can use you powerfully. God can use you for His glory. And God doesn't want you to go to waste. There's a Timothy out there waiting for you. There's a Ruth out there waiting for you. There's somebody who's waiting to be trained in the things of God and get trained. If you're in a small group, speak to your small group leader and say, I want to be a Paul. I want to be a Barnabas. I want to pursue a Paul. Can you help me? I know you're not the Apostle Paul, but can, can you help me download and, and, and get some input? What do I need to grow? Display your hunger and say it and say, I want to grow. And also say, I, I, I want to be able to train other people in the things of God. And one of the, the biggest obstacles sometimes is lack of training, and secondly, a lack of confidence. People lack confidence knowing that they can have an influence on someone else. The greatest way we can have an influence on someone is to, if you've done your daily Bible study and you've opened the Word and you, you've found the Word and, 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 and you've got that Word sitting in your heart, is to sit down with someone and just say, can I, can I share something that God has been teaching me this morning? Can I be open with you and tell you something that God has shared me this morning, shared with me this morning from the Word? And as you share your heart, 
You're, you're, you're actually propagating a behavior of a Paul who's training a Timothy, someone who's training a Timothy. So as, as we propagate these habits, as we choose to be a Barnabas, as we choose to be an encourager, someone who is positive and not negative, and see the greatness of God in the body of Christ and each other. As we choose to be a Barnabas, as we pursue a Paul, a teacher, become a, become a learner and, and receive download, it's important that we can also train a Timothy as well. So I believe here this morning, there's people who are great. I know many of you here this morning are great encouragers. I know that many of you are pursuing the Paul thing, where, where you want to get taught, you want to download, you want to receive, you want to grow. I want to say to you this morning is there's Timothys coming your way. Don't miss your Timothys. Don't miss the people that are coming to you. God is going to send people to you to, for you to help them to grow in the things of God. Don't miss your Timothys. If you lack confidence, you say, nah, I'm not sure if it's for me. I don't really know. If that's you, be careful because you could be false stewarding. You could be missing a moment where God is bringing people to you to help them grow in the things of God, and you're called to be a tremendous influencer. So recognize, recognize in community there's growth, but God also wants to grow you so that you're a great part of a tremendous community. God wants to release you so you can teach others as well. And that you're a Barnabas, and you speak the word of the Lord, you bring great encouragement, you build people up, you lift people up. You know, there's 27 one another's in the Bible. There's nine admonitions where, you know, like, don't do this or don't do that in the New Testament. But there's 27 one another's. Bless one another. Build up one another. Encourage one another. Etc. etc. I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but they're there, and I've got them written down, but not, not here, right here, right now. I just remember to say that. But there's, there's 27 one another's, and if we can enter the one another's and encourage one another and bless one another, there's something incredibly powerful will take place. So community and unity is already ours. Community causes us to grow. I've gone through the trinity of growth. I also now want to talk on community is connection. The community is connection. We have to, you know, m many people um, naturally can connect with God on their own. You know, I'm, I'm a bit like that. I can easily just go away and run up a hill. Well, not run, walk slowly up a hill and, and really connect with God and, and just be with the Holy Spirit and I absolutely love it. But the whole thing of connecting with other people is something we need to work hard at because unity of the Spirit is already ours. So how do we operate in that thing that's already ours? I want to give you an example from, from the Scriptures. It says, Acts 2, every day they, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And there's three points of connection for people. There's other things in the Scripture as well. Is number one is to meet. We need to meet together. As we meet together like we do here on a Sunday, but there's other opportunities to meet as well during the week in small groups or meet one another over a coffee or a glass of water. If you have no money, just meet over a glass of water. Do something. So number one is meet with one another. The second one is eat they ate food together. And to eat is an incredibly powerful thing, as, as you can see. So eat, eating is one of my favorite habits. But eating together is something that is powerful and incredible. 
And I, I, I want to encourage us, saints, let, let's, 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 make it more, let's make it more normal eating together. I remember years ago, I'll tell you a quick story. I remember years ago, we, we hosted on Christmas Day. We thought we were wonderful and generous and incredible because we hosted a Christmas lunch for international people who, you know, they were home alone. They weren't going home for Christmas here by themselves. So we ho hosted this lunch, and we did a, a typical British turkey dinner. Oh, my goodness. It went down like a bomb. Uh, so we served up this turkey, and a lot of the people said oh, it really lacks flavor. <laughs> we were like, man, we, we spent hours cooking this. I thought, man, they're really ungrateful, but they were like, they just didn't like the flavor of the food. It lacked some curry and some sauce and some spice, and they were like, yeah, it's nice. So we had about 12 people turn up. I thought, man, we're doing great. And uh, I, I then spoke to uh, uh, Stella and Jeremy. They are here. They're here this morning. Hi, guys. Give us a wee. Raise your hand. This is Jeremy and Stella. And uh, on Christmas Day, they, they originate from uh, Nigeria. And on Christmas Day, 40 Nigerians turned up their house. And it wasn't for Turkey. It was for, like, it was for a bit of dance, a bit of Christmas, a bit of cake, and loads of food. And I said, how? There's no shops open on Christmas Day. They said, or oh, freezer is full in case any time people just show up. They've got this huge freezer in the garage for such things. I'm really sorry, guys. People are going to be turning up your house for lunch today. <laughs> thank you. Just, just, just on your behalf, thank you, God, for the food that Jeremy and Stella are about to serve us. Amen. So uh, what was amazing was that we, we planned it, we purposed it, we positioned it, we bought the food, we did it. These guys just, you know, because they've got a heart of generosity, people just showed up their house and ate all their food. Come on, there needs to be a culture of eating together. And there needs to be something the kingdom, something of the kingdom bypasses Scottish culture or, or, or Nigerian culture. They've grasped it more than what you have. Or English culture, or Northern Irish, or Welsh culture, or French culture, or any kind of culture where the kingdom culture needs to and, and help us, God, have more of a kingdom culture. So they, they met together, they ate together, and they worshiped together. And this was in the temple, but it was also in their homes to, to, together as, uh, as well. And I don't know about you, but developing a culture of worship in our homes and when, when, when we meet together. I, I want to ask you a question here today, you know. In, in our small groups, many of you worship together. You, you, you know, you read the Bible together. You high-five one another. You, you do lots of things that are good and biblical and stuff. But you ever just had people around at your house and you've just said, hey, can we worship together? And people look at you like, are you mad, mate? And uh, no, I mean believers who are around at your house and just say, can, can we worship together? Or can I share a word with you. Can I just share what God's been saying on my heart this week? Come on, can I, sh can I share that with you? So it's the whole thing of meeting, eating, and worshiping. That, that, that's, that's connection. That's the things that, that we can do as we break bread together as well. And it says that they had glad and sincere hearts. Um, so it's important that we have gladness and sincerity in our midst as well as we do things. I know many Christians who, it's like there's a mockery when you talk about the things of God, they mock. And I, I hate that. And I believe God hates that as well. When people mock, there's too many mockers, too many Christians that are mockers. And it's time to stop mocking and start walking with the Lord and honor Him in all that we do in everything. Don't mock. Just walk the walk. Don't mock. 
Come on. There's something about mockery that belittles the body of Christ, belittles people. But it's not of God. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's not, it's not in the Bible is a good thing. It's not a good thing. When you read Proverbs, when you read the Scripture, it's not a good thing. So let's not be sarcastic. Let's not be mockers. Let's be people that are loaded with the Word. Let's be people that are Barnabases. Let's be people that love Jesus and do all the right things. Amen? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approach. And also it says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another as well. I'll go through it again, my notes briefly. I'll give you a three, a 30-second brief overview. Number one, community and unity is already ours. Ephesians 4, 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Number two, community causes us to grow. It gives us a chance to grow with people around about us. And those three areas, the trinity of growth, where I talked about growing as individuals that helps the community grow. Number one was be a Barnabas, be a friend, a son of encouragement. Number two was pursue a Paul. In other words, get taught, download, get some stuff, get some good God stuff inside of us. Number three is train a Timothy. Be ready and postured and positioned to be someone of influence that will train up rise up and disciple and mentor other people for the glory of God. Then there's also community as connection. The three points were meet, eat, and worship from Acts chapter 2, verse 46 through 47. That was the main point of Masama today. Three, two, one. Uh, what it is, is we've got a counter up there, and I made it exactly on time this morning. Come on. Normally I'm over, or I'm a few minutes under, but this morning it just landed the plane. Come on. So uh, I'm really, really pleased with myself. I've done that this morning. So uh, let's all stand. I want, I want to pray, and I, 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 want to, I want to pray with people here this morning. I believe that the Spirit of God is just going to touch people, expand people, grow people, and, and do something just as we pray here this morning. So as we pray... This is the supernatural bit where God just steps in and He does something in people's lives. So right now, something supernatural is going to take place in people's lives. I can't do it. The person standing next to you can't do it. Only God can do it. So as, as we pray right now, I want you just to lean on Him, and He is going to do something supernatural in your life. Something is going to take place. The first step, the first step today is knowing Jesus. Some people here today, I don't know if you know Jesus or not. You might have heard of him. You might have heard the name as a swear word historically. You might have heard of church and you've had a, a bad experience. But I want to tell you, I want to announce to you here today that Jesus is good news. That Jesus came to save you. He died for you. He took our punishment upon himself the wrath of God upon Himself on the cross. And through His death and His resurrection, Christ was raised up. And as we believe in Him, Jesus sets us free from sin, from death, addictions, habits, everything 
that can be broken off our lives. Jesus has already paid the price. But the application of the Word of God is incredibly powerful as we believe the Word, and Jesus is the Word of God. So as we receive Him here this morning, something supernatural will take place. There's a thing called the Great Exchange, where everything that we've done wrong, Jesus has already paid a price for our sin. And in the Great Exchange, there's something supernatural that takes place, you see, because Jesus died for us all, but Jesus bore that sin upon Himself so that we can be free from the power of sin and the power of death, and we can live eternal life with Him in glory. <clears throat> but in the here and now, <clears throat> Jesus is in the business of rescuing people. And on this day, mark this day, in October <clears throat> 2018, this is your day for some people. This is your day. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation, and, and God has marked this day in His calendar, in your calendar, for you to come to know Him. So I'd like to invite you, if you've never, never received Christ before, if you've never been filled with the Spirit, you don't know about Him, but you've heard about Him today, and you'd like to respond to Him, we're going to give out Bibles free at the end of the meeting today, and we want to invite you to take one. But right now, I want to pray for every single person in this, in this room that you can know Jesus. If you don't know Him today, just pray. I'm going to invite every person in this room to pray this prayer with me. Just pray this. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank You that You love me, and You demonstrated that love by sending Jesus. Thank You, Jesus, that You love me, and You gave everything up for me. You died for me, and You rose again so that I can be free from the power of sin and the power of death and I can live life eternal. Fill me now and seal me now with the power of your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Just receive Him right now. The Spirit of God is touching people's lives right now as we pray. Receive Him now. Receive Jesus the Christ right now in your life. Hallelujah. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. 